Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of DD Extra, the bonus episode of Differential Diagnosis, where we differentially diagnose anything we want, really. In this week's episode, we're going to have put a bit of a positive spin on it and talk about our favourite episodes of season one. Obviously, Three Stories is top of that list, as we said a few weeks ago, so we're not just going to reiterate our thoughts, but we thought we'd um, sort of pull out some examples of episodes that we thought were really good and kind of sum up the best of House Season 1 on what makes House's formula work best when it's firing on all cylinders. So to join me on this journey to discover our favourite episodes of Season 1 of House MD, here is Gaz as well. Hey, um, a pleasure to be here um, to engage in this beautiful odyssey through Season 1. Um, hopefully we'll get lost on the way and encounter some amazing plot points and, uh, devices that have been, uh, formulated, confabulated by, uh, our good friends at, uh, NBC circa 2004 to 2005. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, three stories is an indisputably, the best episode but it is a fairly unique episode right yeah i mean three three stories was the reason why we were not going to make this episode this might be a particularly boring episode depending on how much you enjoy negativity but um <laughs> but yeah i think i think we immediately i mean it's pretty popularly considered that three stories is the best one so the way we formulated it after that was that we would talk about three stories for a bit admit it's the best and then just generally um, talk about other episodes we like but um but yeah you're right guys like three stories is a weird one because i think the other two episodes that we're going to talk about of each of our favorites kind of the point that we're going to make is when they that they're great because they bring the formula to life yeah they like you know connect all the dots within an episode you know it, it hits all the marks whereas three stories is particularly unique because it's really the the episode of season one that is unlike all the others. So even though we're going to talk about why we liked episodes because they did the formula so well, three stories is not that formula. <laughs> yeah. Which um, makes you wonder whether or not the show should break the formula more. Um, Because when it does, it seems to end in some pretty great stuff. Um, Yeah, I think the big takeaway from all of this is my uh, take well, big takeaway is that you've three stories you could easily make the argument that three stories is great because it's unique and therefore unique episodes are the only ones that are great but actually there are great episodes that operate within the kind of formula of the show and uses the tropes that it has established itself but also from the kind of medical procedural drama itself and i think they're much more interesting to talk about um because it operates within the constraints of what the show has been pitched as and yeah i always think that creativity is great when you're able to just kind of work within constraints um the other thing i'd like to make like kind of just say regarding this is yeah everybody's kind of decided that on a critical level that three stories is 
the best episode of season one. But the reason we think it's the best episode is not necessarily because we've admitted defeat to the critique <laughs> of others. We actually came up to that. We came to that decision ourselves as well. Uh, so there is a kind of independence of thought. We don't just like slavishly agree with the zeitgeist. But when the zeitgeist is right, fair enough. Like, yeah, that's well, it's, wonderful. It, yeah, as you say, like, yeah, just it, it. I don't think three stories is good because it's uniqueness for uniqueness sake. It, it, it as we as we observe while we're watching it, it ties a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Like it's. It bring it has a lot of stuff going on in its plot, but the way it's tied together and and formulated, and the way it plays with its form, and kind of plays on the formula of House, is why it's good. It's not just like different, or else you could just have an episode where House and Wilson are just sitting in a diner talking, and there's no patience, and that by definition isn't a good episode. <laughs> yeah, but the it- um. Yeah, but uh, 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 another another reason why probably uniqueness is good and why it's used sparingly in house is that actually it's those episodes that stand out. Mm. So if you had like a three stories every other week, that it wouldn't particularly feel like a you know a unique escape from the formula. It would just that would just become the new structure of a house episode. So I'm pretty glad that you know. Episodes like three stories kind of only come around rarely because I think they kind of have to in order to stand out. Mm. Um, And I'd say a good kind of like analogy to use is you've got like the standard episodes that follow the formula. They're like the kind of three chord punk rock songs. (laughs) And then like three stories is like prog rock. It's like noodly and go and then and it does it for like a long time. And obviously, it's very taxing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you... This is not necessarily an indictment of prog rock. Uh, but if you were to stack all of that together, like all of those prog rock songs all together and played it in like a complete set, it might get a little bit monotonous. It might get a little bit overindulgent or self-indulgent, mm. perhaps. Um, and sometimes you need to just rock it out with some good old <laughs> punk rock yeah and yeah and i like i like your i like your point about that um yeah restraints really bring out the best ideas from people it's sort of like um i mean yeah if 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 you if you tell like if you tell someone that they have like infinite pages to write their best novel then they'll probably write forever and it'll be this long dreary book but if you tell them they have to write something great in 30 pages that's going to be a lot more edited, a lot more tight um, mm. for the most part. And I think that's kind of what is the blessing of the house formula, even though people complain about it and some people don't like the show for it. Like a lot of the episodes are great because of that formula. Yeah. And it's also a matter of resource as well, right? So especially the practicalities of writing, if your writers are very short and you haven't got much time, you haven't got much resource, we well, have to kind of meet out that, you know, you have to dissect that resource into something effective so you can deliver a bigger whole yeah um you want to be able to um like use a constraint to do that too you know it's like there's a push and pull like creative restraint can give great creativity but that's has to be in proportion to the resources that you have dedicated to the thing Mm. um as well i mean 
if I told you just write one word, you know, you could choose any word you want. Um, probably not. The, it's probably a very interesting creative exercise, but it's not necessarily going to yield anything revealing, right? Because you've got loads and loads and loads of resource and only one little tiny, tiny piece of content. But if you kind of get it right, if you get the like proportion between the resource and the the form right, you get good things. Hmm. Maybe. But this is just like my philosophy of like art. So wow. Um let's not <laughs> dwell on that for too long. Let's get to I know the what you mean. house. What word would you pick? Ah Is that a <laughs> word? That's more of a sound. Like um Um, I see. This is the problem. So many words. I I know which word I'd pick. I, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I guess the best word. the best word ever created in the English language. Even though even though I've corrupted it. Oh no! I I I know what my single word would be as a dedicated house fan. It would be lupus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, the lupus meme has finally made its way here. Fantastic. Um, always a pleasure to bring that into the uh, domain. You can't escape <laughs> it. Oh, my God. The number of um, terrible amateur comics I've seen where the joke involving the house characters, where the joke is it's not lupus. It's like, good Lord, give it a rest. It's pretty much the house equivalent of the cake is a lie. <laughs> Well, yeah. You just can't escape it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> should we get on with the review then? Or do yeah, we, we should. Want to dawdle on it? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, we didn't explicitly go into three stories, but um, I think three stories, is, as we said, is a good example of... Um, it stands out because it's a unique episode that breaks the formula. So now it comes to the bit where we try and sort of get to the heart of why we think the formulaic episodes are so good and what are like our standout mm. examples of that from season one because season one does follow a formula for a lot of it so Gaz do you want to present your uh, your best oh, to I the mean, court oh, the court of a, a public opinion fantastic um, so the episode that I cho have chosen um, is Detox I really like the episode because it gets it I think I've said this in the previous um, in the previous episode relating to this that this is in my opinion when the story begins to like open up like we're really getting into what House is who he is as a character but also I guess his persona too um, I mean the clinic case is fairly it's pretty interesting because it's like naphthalene poisoning um, caused by like what is it like a cat? Uh, no, it, it's not the cat that's causing the poisoning. It's um the cat is how they get to the diagnosis because the cat is killed by I that think... poisonous gas that the termites yeah. in the wall are causing. Yeah, termites in the wall. Sorry. So yeah, I've obviously done a lot of research for this uh, uh, <laughs> opinion. Um, I didn't know I was having to interrogate myself that so badly, but um, lack of professionalism aside, um, I wanted to really touch upon the broader points the clinic case is case is interesting but we really get into the idea of uh, how vulnerable 
how much of a weird, like a strange character house is. His ability to prove that he isn't addicted to Vicodin. Um, his, the fact that his team is losing confidence in what his judgment is because he is detoxing. Like, you know, you, you start questioning whether his addiction affects his subjectivity in general. No, well, his objectivity rather than his subjectivity, but is he able to function as a medic without the drugs? And then he goes to really, 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 really extreme measures to try and detox, um, like smashing his hand. He And then he, he basically detoxes. Um, he finishes the week without it. But then he decides to go back to it. He admits that he's a drug addict to Wilson and that he's realized that by trying to detox. But it takes away his pain. And it's also the moment where I feel like we see it in DNR as well, that actually the pain that he suffers is less physical as it is mental. Um, that he has mental and emotional pains that... Um, really go to the core of the character um and you also start seeing his compatriots saying mm, are these drugs really helping you um are they really allowing you to do your job are they allowing you to manage your pain as he puts it he hasn't got a as he's famously said although he's a drug addict he said he's famously said he doesn't have a uh, pain management probably has a pain problem. Uh, but anyway, yes. I think I'm muddling it up a little bit, but I'd like to just say we get a really clear sense that this is more than just the physical pain. And it's more than just a mere management of a symptom of pain. It's a way of dealing with reality. It's a way of dealing with the world around him that makes him the addict needs to control that yeah and it it also sets up a lot of his a lot of the recurring arc in that house will discover something negative about himself and then kind of fall back into that bad behavior yeah yeah which um because as you say as soon as he realizes that he's addicted to drugs he goes oh well they help me function like he's he's a person who struggles to change struggles to really i think he reflects but then he denies it it's a problem because he doesn't want to come across as like weak or human. He wants to be sort of like the physical like manifestation of this, you know, genius problem solver who thinks objectively. Mm. Yeah. And he, he is definitely not that. I mean, he's, he he solves the problem, but the real issue is, is that people don't feel comfortable with him being in the state that he is. Yeah, especially when he's detoxing, which is which is expressed in the in the patient story as well, because yeah. the patient story feels quite disconnected to House's arc, even though. Which, which I guess is a play on the formula because you have this patient story that's going on and it's a it's a well-written patient story. It's got like a good dynamic um, 
you know, within within the family that's involved. It's the father who loves his son and he's suspicious of the girlfriend yeah. because he thinks that she's given him drugs and it's um but then where House should be involved, he's not. He's he's not involved in the episode. The rest of the team are running it and whenever he does get involved he makes the he makes the patient uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's sort of a nice break of the form. Mm. Um not to the degree that three stories is, but it but it plays with the formula. It's like you've got a house episode going on where house isn't there, mm. which is um them working within the constraints, just tweaking it a bit to be like, how can we make this stand out? Mm. Yeah, um, and that that is it. You know, sometimes necessity is the mother of invention, right? I mean, it's a cliche, but it can be right at times. Um. And they use that to great effect within the tropes of the show by using the um, patient drama as a way of interrogating the actual fundamental principle of the show, of the the episode, which is about, um, in a way, like trust. I mean, there's the addiction part of it as well, but as always in-house, it's a degree of trust, like house is kind of shied away Amanda Seyfried, who plays the girlfriend, is kind of shunned and questioned and prodded by the other person about whether you've given drugs or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to out and out pivot to something else. Okay. Um, and back to pivot the away. kind of... <laughs> to the house uh, character arc. Um, I think the interesting, like broader ethical issue is about we kind of trivialize drugs and we say you know you have a drug habit you could i don't think you could put house in the same box as someone who has a drug habit he is addicted to drugs but the reason he uses drugs are not as necessarily for habitual reasons it's not I think to an extent there is a little bit of that because he'll pop a pill whenever he feels the need to dull the pain, whatever that pain is, whether it's physical, spiritual, moral, or emotional or psychiatric. Mm. But the intention behind him using those drugs are not habitual at all. And I think that's really interesting. Like that there's underneath what it seems to be perceived as a habit is an actual intention to eradicate whatever is bothering him and to use that as a tool to do so and i think that was a very nice and nuanced way of discussing that issue because it's yeah. very easy to just say it's a habit it's like oh you know picking your nose <laughs> that's a habit it can be a habit right um and it's kind of the problem the failure of language in that respect to adequately describe things that happen in the world in the right way because from a linguistic point of view habit like picking your nose and taking drugs on a regular basis and you can't control it they're habits therefore they are the same kind of thing well they're not and i think that was the thing that really struck me about that episode was that fundamental moral that things aren't as kind of simple as they seem. Hmm. That human behavior is not as simple as it's a habit and you just need to be smacked out of it. There's an element of freedom and choice involved and intention that 
we need to understand. And I think it also gets to the heart of the fact that a lot of the reason why he's using the drugs in a way is actually to dull his connection to people, Hmm. to kind of put distance between them, him and them mainly, unless he wants it to be a certain way or to emotionally shut down as we see throughout the entire series. So that's the reason why I really like that episode. I think it's one of the best episodes. I obviously don't, you don't tweet me hate or whatever for saying that, but <laughs> I just found that moral really engaging and more humanizing about drug use and addiction than might necessarily be seen at first glance. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And um, and then in terms of the character of House, it just, you know, out, out, outside of the leg, which is more expanded and three stories, it gives one hell of a lot of context to the way he thinks. Yeah. That, and, that. and kind of what he goes through. Like, we know he's in chronic pain and he says it and you see him popping a pill, but when you see him actually kind of falling apart and the lengths he'll go to to avoid that, then you get a sense of the sort of tenacity and extreme character of Gregory House. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, Yeah, and it is an extreme character, and you might want to say that's insane, that's too out of the ordinary, but it uses that extreme elements of his personality to pull out the nuances of human behavior, what it means to be a human in his particular situation where he's definitely in pain, he's definitely Mm. talented and he has a calling to do something good. And he has that conflict between his own emotional issues and his desire to be detached from them through his work. Mm. Um, And we also, it's it's also the first time we really see like a real gritty interaction between Wilson when he says, when Wilson says, um, yeah, he says you've changed and it's not just the pills, you know, you're miserable. Of course I've changed. Like it was so obvious and what, and during that interaction, he's just sitting there kind of absorbing all of this kind of stuff. Um, and it's a good little, it's a good dramatic moment. Something that I think that's the moment that it really opens up to me. Um, yeah. And the, I think those small moments where house kind of you gain insight are really great. And it's, um, it's a shame when those moments are in weaker episodes, but then you have a great moment with house. Whereas I think the strength of that is that it's not only a great episode, but you also get a real sort of emotional breakdown of the character of house mm-hmm. and some more insight into him and Wilson's relationship. And you just get yeah. like, you know, it's only about 40 seconds, but it's great. And it's in a great episode. Yeah. Like what a, what a fantastic like mid season episode, which I, I would agree arguably like blows open the whole show mm. kind of gives it its concept. Yeah. More uh-huh. than just, here's a bit of a cranky guy. He's a bit funny and mm. it's a medical procedural. Have fun. That's when it gets bleak. <laughs> yeah. It, it it does start. The weather is starting to change in Princeton yeah. Plains for a hospital. <laughs> um, 
but then then again that that you there's a hint of that in dnr um would you like to interrogate dnr i will do well dnr is my selection um as you can tell from that interaction i obviously like detox a lot but um but when when thinking about it like there's lots of episodes which there's lots of episodes which the, the the thing that I like most about House and what my definition of a perfect house episode is, is um not only do you get insight into the character of House, but it's when the episode like is either thematically or I don't know quite the word, but dramatically tied or narratively tied. So it's not like here's a you know, here's the patient story, something's going on, we're learning about the patient. And then we have, you know, his house and the team story, and we're learning a bit about them. Because although I like learning about the patients, um, I don't really like learning about patients in isolation because they're side characters. And I don't particularly, you know, find like a little 20 minute snippet into someone's life who will never see again particularly interesting. Yeah. It takes me a bit longer than that to really be engaged with someone. So um, I, I like when the. I like when the character story like reflects on house in some way. And I think like, so DNR is pretty much that, right? I mean, what better way to get an insight into a character than have them talk to themselves? <laughs> and instead of just house sitting in a room, yeah, I, I, I think the show, the show starts to do this more by having like house to talk to people in like, you know, when he's on like drug trips or when he's like unconscious and it'll have him talking to his subconscious, which I think is fine, but I don't think is probably the most interesting way of doing that. But it's um, in DNR, they do it in a really great way where they have pretty much someone. Yeah, so they have um, they have uh, a character called Henry Giles, who's the patient. He's a cranky, determined, obsessive, uh, to the point of self-destruction uh, musician. And... Um, yeah, he, he comes to the Princeton uh, Plainsboro Teaching Hospital and um, he comes with his uh, with his current doctor, who's called Marty Hamilton. And uh, the patient has a the patient has ALS or he's been diagnosed with ALS, which is a terminal illness. And there's nothing to do other than really wait for the patient to die. So the patient sort of has lost his ability to do the thing that he loves, like obsessively. And so this patient is pretty much house. Like if house had a terminal illness where he was not able to conduct medicine or do anything, this is basically how he'd re he would react. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like, so you have a patient who is basically living house's worst nightmare and through house and house is obviously still of the mindset that, you know, you shouldn't give up. We can fix you. Terminal diagnosis are boring. Like, you know, let's, let's like rack our brains. Let's like do something in order to cure you. And Henry Giles on the other end is giving up, hence the DNR title, because mm. he asked for a do not resuscitate order, which house breaks. And yeah, it's pretty much like you basically have this dialogue going on between house and Giles, who is pretty much reflective of house, even though he's in musician, even though he's in music, he's that same character. And so you learn a lot about house because of the way that, you know, house talks to giles and then giles like kind of reflects back about houses how house is feeling in his mindset and it's basically house having a conversation with himself so that's the patient story 
but then the other hand in the B plot, which is um, it's a it's about foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, within the team, you also have uh, foreman knows Giles's uh, physician called Marty. He used to work with him, and Marty is once again, yet again, like you know, the best way to learn about a character is to have him talk to himself, which is what Giles is. But also, what better way to understand a character than, you know, have the opposite of him? Because, <laughs> you know, if you know the opposite of a person, then you can pretty much work out what they're like, right? Mm. You know, if you met yourself, who was the complete opposite, and they were a total asshole, you'd be like, well, I must be the nice one. <laughs> mm. And that's kind of what's interesting about Marty. Marty's like a totally different stance of how to conduct medicine. It's about, you know, you get in, you do the job, you get the paycheck, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a very occupational way of looking at medicine. Yeah. And so what you have is, but obviously House and Marty are trying to cure this patient, and they have a rivalry there, but the real interesting way that it's explored is you have Foreman, who's having sort of an existential crisis about what kind of doctor he wants to be. And it's watching Foreman choose between whether or not he wants to be House or he wants to be like Marty. And in the end, he chooses House because he's more moved by the kind of the obsessiveness of it. Like medicine is a way of life. It's important. It's not just something that you turn off when you go home. And so, you know, within that episode, through basically having every character being a reflection of House, we not only learn a lot about House, but we learn a lot about Foreman and all of these other characters. Mm -hmm. Because Foreman, you know, has to decide what method he wants. We learn a little bit about Foreman through having House interact with basically his polar opposite and Marty and also his, you know, worst nightmare, who is <laughs> him in the patient Giles. Um, we learn a lot about House. We learn a lot about his stance on things. We get kind of a more emotional insight into why he's a doctor. And um, yeah, it's just like, I mean, if you could ever point to an episode that is more tied is more like cemented in one thing. Like every aspect of that episode is cemented in the character of House. And I think that's why we learn a lot about House in that. And for that reason, I think it's a great episode. And the fact that it does that all within a 45 minute runtime is great. Um, I'd say the weakest part of that episode is that there is also a clinic scene where a man asks for Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and House takes a piss out of him because he's actually got diabetes. Like, nice little throwaway scene. If they could have tied a clinic scene into that as well, then it would have been exceptional. But hey, you need a little lighthearted moment in all of that. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, maybe maybe it's just there to kind of modulate the tone a little bit, like bring things a little bit closer <laughs> down to earth. Like, possibly. What? It's it's not an it's not like well that's what I like about it as well as it's not it doesn't have a I think it really expresses the tone that House the show goes for as well in that you've got this character who wants to die he's got a terminal illness he does a DNR House breaks it but it's never like serious mm. it's always very playful just House doesn't care he goes to court he has to fight it you know he's an, even though Foreman's making this big choice like you know House isn't quite taking it seriously. And it's um, there's a lot of humor to it. It's a lot of really dark humor, but it really has a great tone. Yeah, I know I've wobbled on a lot about like the episode and how it functions as it's, you know, basically a big character study of House with lots of other characters. But um, mm. yeah, I, um, yeah, I just think it achieves a lot. And especially the fact that it really nails a, a very complicated tone of like yeah. very solid dark humor. 
I, I just think it's like that is like house personified. That's like the best form of the formula. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think I largely agree with everything that you've said. I think you also have to understand it through the lens that what creates the rift between Foreman and House in this episode is the fact that Foreman believes that House has assaulted the patient. Yes. That there's a fundamental break in the professionalism of a doctor. It makes him question what the vocation is all about. Hmm. And, and to question House's motivations and also his raison d'etre, well, Foreman's raison d'etre for being there. And I think the um, main thing is that. And then he's like, what is being a doctor about? Is House right? It, and the fundamental question is, was House right to do that or not? Mm. Is it, should we give up on the patient or not? Fundamental moral choice. Marty Hamilton says, yeah. House says no. Foreman has to make a decision about what's right and what's wrong. It's in a very elaborate way, but the central moral problem is there, right? And to me, that's what, like you say, it makes it really interesting. And the two, thing that you picked up on is that there's like, this is a episode about mirrors or reflections. So like a mirror is a reflection of things. So things that you see that are similar, like in Henry Giles and House, that's a reflection reflective kind of interpretation of the mirror then there's the contrastive like interpretation of the mirror which is marty hamilton um and i think that's really an interesting way of playing with that hmm. and it's by david foster as well and he is an absolute amazing writer in this um this whole program like this whole series he writes all the good ones he he's especially good at he's especially good at like thematically tying in um the patients and medicine story to the narrative mm -hmm. he's um yeah watch any episode by david foster and it's pretty much like what we've been talking about it's that everything is tied together he's extremely mm -hmm. good at that but yeah and then like you said we learn a lot about house through that kind of reflection and we learn a lot about House from the opposition, but I think the one thing we see is like a battle for uh, Foreman's soul, really, as he tries to resolve that fundamental <laughs> moral problem about the DNR. And yeah. that's why it's called DNR, because it's a moral imperative. It says, do not resuscitate this person under any circumstances if the situation arises. House contravenes that, and it questions the whole point of what medicine is. Is medicine a... Is founded upon a moral imperative like do no harm, which House obviously like balks at repeatedly <laughs> because he's willing to do harm to save whatever that harm may be, as long as in the end of the day gets the gets to the problem and solves the disease or the issue or whatever. Hmm. Um, not necessarily, as we've discussed in earlier episodes, at least in the beginning of the season he's a bit iffy about whether he cares if the person lives or dies. He wants the problem solved. Like in histories, he, she, she's died, but he's solved the problem. Hooray house. Yeah. Um, but in this things are getting a little bit more hazy because it's less, it seems less about, uh, 
finding the problem and saving the person. And that's a different thing as well. It's an evolution in the character, which is really nicely covered. Yeah. He really wants to save Henry because really, in a way, it's a way of saving himself. Uh, uh, again, it's like giving the character values doesn't make them weaker. It makes them stronger. Yeah. Like, I'd say like, uh, you can look at a show like Rick and Morty. And um, obviously it's a comedy, so it's totally different. But the big difference between like Rick and House is that because Rick is such a nihilist, you know, you could almost on the surface, especially earlier House episodes, you could mistake Rick and House as being kind of the same character. They're both kind yeah. of nihilists who don't really care about human life as long as the job gets done. And I think mm. DNR gives a lot more complexity to House because it's like, oh, not only does he care about the job and, you know, being objective and getting the puzzle, but he does also have a slight care for whether or not the person dies or lives. And that's interesting. Yeah. That gives him a bit more, whereas the kind of nihilistic, I don't care about anything, even though it sounds like it's more cool, it actually can become quite one note after a while. And also really just toxic. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you know what the character's thinking at all times, whereas mm. I don't know what House is thinking sometimes, which makes it more interesting. Whereas I know that all times Rick's like, I'll kill and do anything to get out of this situation, which isn't necessarily a problem. But like, you know, I think over eight seasons of a drama where you have to emotionally like be involved with the character that would have been a huge problem mm. yeah like we've said before like rule one of house's character is you know like if there's one thing to be reminded of as you think about house is house is not a nihilist he's an anarchist yeah and as long as you've got that in mind you won't go far wrong in trying to understand the character at least as it makes him interesting completely a good a good summation gaz i think you've <laughs> summed up why house is interesting not just the character but the show so um well hopefully hopefully anyone listening to that found that mildly insightful i, I guess it's interesting to know where we're coming from mm. where we because I, I i mean regardless of what how much we care for the episode we usually talk about it pretty in depth anyway i don't think we often give away whether or not we like episodes um good example of that is neither of us really like sports medicine but i've listened back to us and it doesn't sound like we're being disdainful <laughs> i think like we give everything its fair shout so yeah hopefully that discussion kind of gives you more of an example about what we personally like about a house episode and what like you know pulls everything together what makes mm. a particularly excellent house episode uh, yeah yeah and it also gives us you a kind of taste of what we think and you might disagree or think that's a different way of, or a kind of strange way to look at things or you might find that's something that might give you a little bit of like an insight into the story at hand i mean we're not authorities on this where no. we are we are going through this and like we're on a very leaky ship along a sea of ignorance uh <laughs> trying to get to the other end of this whole show but completely but um but 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 as always we're 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 always interested in you know people's favorite episodes because people like episodes for very different reasons people watch shows for very different reasons mm -hmm. so um yeah if you if if you have any like thoughts or feelings like yeah you can get in touch with us at, at house md cast which is our twitter and um let us know what your favorite episode is 
We're, yeah. we're, we're always interested to hear, or, hey, why not put up something on the House MD subreddit? Oh. I'm sure we'll see it and, you know, reply to it at some point. But um, we're expert Reddit lurkers. Absolutely. I love to lurk. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you very much for listening. And um, we hope you enjoyed this uh, little bonus ex- episode of DD Extra. And um, we'll be back on Monday for our big season one, you know, final summation analysis where we kind of, you know, bring it all together. But, um, but until then, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we look forward to either hearing from you or you joining us next time.